0: You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read
1: better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Meara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're ticking off another box on the 2022 Reading Glasses Challenge. Read a retelling, something that the glassers are all clamoring for. (laughs) We should put
0: like a crowd noise. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, they love it. They they love a retelling. Uh, But first, Bria, what are you reading? I just finished a book that I really enjoyed called Hide by Kirsten White. Did you read oh it? Oh, my
0: God. Uh, no, but I just got back from vacation, and my friend Melissa was reading it, and she said it's really good, and it's very buzzy and has a cool
1: cover. It does have a cool cover. Basically, it is about a group of people who get invited to a reality show where you it's a hide-and-seek game, uh, adult hide-and-seek in an abandoned amusement park but from the moment it starts you get the feeling things are not what they seem in this hide and seek game and um one of the main characters is this woman and she's kind of like she's just down on her luck things have like not gone well for her and you find out that like she has a past that she doesn't want anybody to know about and uh has had a um a lifetime of hiding. And that's kind of all I can tell you without getting too much into it. You realize pretty quickly that this game of hide and seek is quite sinister. There's things going on and the amusement park is really scary. But I I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was um, scary and like something, it was not like anything I'd seen before. I, I feel like um, a, people are comparing it to Squid Game a little bit. So it's a little bit, it's a little oh. bit like Squid Game, I think. Clown um, Game? <laughs> what? Clown Game? clown game it's, it's kind of like, it's like kind of, yes yes it is clown game uh ferris wheel game something i don't know but it but it's definitely creepy uh mallory what are you reading
0: i'm reading a book that i think will be of interest to the glassers and maybe you as well uh it is the golden season by madeline Case Need. and it is a literary fiction book about this woman and she's, she's a young woman she's in college and she lives in west texas and her father's mm. a football coach and um you know, she loves her town. She is, it's a really interesting book because a lot of, uh, a lot of stories like this normally are like, Oh, I can't wait to get out of this small town, but she loves her small town. She loves mm. her small town. She loves football. She loves Texas, but she is a lesbian. And mm. she, at the beginning of the book, she is like trying to figure out how to come out to her mom and her dad who are divorced. Uh, she knows that her dad is not going to take it very well. And um, the whole book is basically, and she ends up getting a girlfriend and, 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 but the girlfriend is like a very big city. She hates, She hates Texas. She hates football. She's estranged from her family. And she's just like, why don't you just cut your family off? Like, why don't we just move out of Texas? Like, fuck all of this. And she's like, well, actually, I love my family and Mm. I love Texas. And uh, it's a really interesting exploration of like faith and queerness in the South and like Southern culture." Uh, and it 's really beautifully written, and it 's such a different book than the type of books again you normally read. Normally when you read a book about someone in this situation they're like can 't wait to get away from mm-hmm. from the small town that I mm-hmm. hate and it 's kind of beautiful and, re- and and interesting to read a, a story where she 's trying to figure out how to have it both ways you know yeah, I love that. and you get you get certain chapters from the point of view of her dad who knows that bas who doesn't approve of her being a lesbian but and knows that it's shitty but at the same time like doesn't know how to deal with it doesn't want to lose his place in the town it's a really complex story and it's really beautifully written i'm so glad i'm reading it it's uh the golden season by madeline k sneed and i read hide by kirsten white so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback we got a follow-up on the Sprout bookmarks from oh, Nate. Yeah. The cute you, little sprout bookmarks you that we tested yeah. a few weeks these little, ago. These
1: little plastic sprouts, uh, green sprout-looking bookmarks. They're very adorable. We liked them. They're extremely adorable, but apparently we were
0: using them wrong. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Nate says you mentioned that the kitties would try to steal your sprouts. <laughs>
1: This was a concern. great way to put it. This did, I think it got, I think it got them knocked off a page. I think we, they got a little bit lower of a rating because of the. Yes. The Cause cat. we were
0: sticking them. So they were sticking in the book, but out of the top. Right. Um, Nate says, well, the sprouts can be, can be placed in the book while it is laying open. So the entire plant is enclosed in the book. So you uh... stick it like perpendicular to the, to the spine instead of parallel to the spine.
1: Yes, which we saw photos of and we ended up posting a photo of that on our Instagram page. Yes. Nay says, "Anytime you reopen the book, it will be
0: like the sprout is growing from the crease, <laughs> and the leaves are designed to fold and unfold like this. Also, this will help if you stop mid-page to mark the line. Oh, up.
1: interesting! Wow, those sprouts this just got is an really upgrade.
0: Cool. Yeah, I tried this out, and it's really cool. I was afraid that it would be insubstantial enough that you wouldn't be able to find where your place was. Yeah, not true. It oh. opens right up to the sprout. Uh, I think this is really cute, and I think we might get a we might up uh, the page." page rating on The Sprouts because of this.
1: Wow. Impressive. Thank you, Nate. Thanks, Um, Nate. Suzanne wrote in about book preservation. I recently found your podcast and I am really enjoying it. I just listened to the most recent episode on book preservation and wanted to chime in with some info that I learned in library school. Shout out to librarian glassners. Um, I was taught that keeping books on a shelf that is placed against an outer wall, that is a wall that has the outside on the other side of it, can be very bad for them, especially in damp climates like the Pacific Northwest where I live. The area behind and around the bookshelf can form a microclimate that has a lot of a lot more fluctuation in temperature and humidity than is good for the books. And it can also be susceptible to pests and bugs. Gross. I thought you and your listeners may find this helpful. Oh, this is helpful. Okay, so basically, don't put your bookshelf on a wall that is on the other side of it is an outer wall, is what um, Susanna's saying. Yes, although I will
0: say the, 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 the phrase, the area behind and around the bookshelf can form a microclimate makes me think, like, I want a little kids movie. Around yeah. of like creatures that live behind a bookshelf.
1: In the this is really good. Like if
0: if you live in a wicked humid place or like a, a place where there's a lot of temperature fluctuations and you're finding that your books are getting damaged, this could be why.
1: Yeah, I never would have thought of that. I would have thought like, oh, maybe by a door, or obviously we talked about um, in like the path of a window, like sun, sun rays or something. But I never thought about the fact that it might just just be a, up against a wall. Although you know, sometimes it's hard to find a wall that isn't against the outside yeah i i mean that
0: that's the biggest problem i see with with people who are trying to follow this is if you don't have wall if you don't have a lot of interior walls in your home
1: yeah yeah um but still a good tip yeah and suzanne wrote a little p.s which says i hear you talk about wheelhouses all the time and i get the general idea but i'm not sure how to figure out what's in my wheelhouse can you suggest a past episode where i can learn more about them we get a lot of emails like this, and I will say we did
0: do an episode like this. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But if you literally Google Reading Glasses Podcast Wheelhouse, it is the first thing that comes up is that episode.
1: Yeah, and what we always define it as, we say if there is a thing that if you see it, on, it's like in a book. And someone's like, oh, this book has this one thing in it. For example, microclimates. This book has a, lot of micro, has a microclimate in it. You will read that book no matter what. You will pick it up. You will buy it from the store. You'll get it from the library, whatever. It will be like top of your list. That is what we call a wheelhouse.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's stuff you like, it's subjects, it's tropes, it's, um, you know, and it's also the reading pathways, language, plot, setting, character. It's anything that gets you to pick up, anything that attracts you to a book and makes you love a book. Yeah. So uh, we always say the quick and easy answer to this is, Make a list of all the books that you really love and find out the things that are in those books.
1: Yeah, figure out, right. Yeah, exactly. I think that's 100% right.
0: Uh, And then Christina wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is autobiographies read by the author, neuroscience for normal people, Mm -hmm. bad characters who turn out to be playing a role to protect the ones they love, and queer romance. My pathway has recently shifted from plot to characters. I think we should do an episode soon about changing reading tastes and how our reading tastes change over time. Yeah. This is a real thing.
1: Did we not do that episode? We talked about it. No, we've never done that. Uh, Okay. Okay. We should do it.
0: Okay. Uh, So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And uh, quick bookmarks from both of us for for me. I'm coming to the UK next week. If you are listening to this show as it drops on Thursday, I will be in the UK next week. And my uh, London date has finally been announced. I'm going to my London event is first. There might be more events announced After I record the show, so just keep. I'll put a link in the show notes to my website where all the events will be. There's a couple more cities that I might hit. We're trying to figure it out now, Um, but I for sure will be in London on July 27th at 6:30 p.m. at Waterstones on Gower Street extremely excited for that. It's my first ever UK event. Uh, I would love to see some glassers there. And for the Oxford glassers, I will be there the next day on July 28th at 7pm at Blackwell's. They are serving drinks there and apparently they have come up with a playlist of goth music to play hey, for me. Hey,
1: that's amazing. So very nice. excited.
0: So July 27th and 28th, I will be in London and Oxford. I'm very, very excited. Would love to see some UK glassers. This is going to be my first girly drinks event since girly drinks won the James Beard Award. So I would love to celebrate with some glassers. Come on out. Come uh, hear me talk about writing and books and girly drinks and uh, maybe get a drink. Great. Uh, also, a reminder, we're going to be doing the read-a-thon that all of our wonderful Maximum Fun subscribers unlocked in this year's Maximum Fun Drive. be August 21st all day, baby. We're going to have a couple of different Zoom parties. We're going to do a live stream or two. It's just going to be reading all day. We're really, really excited about it. We're going to kick it off in the morning, Mark late calendars. morning here. Uh, Pacific time, but we're going to be doing events all day to accommodate people in different time zones in different parts of the world. We're super excited. When it gets to August, we will release more specific times. But as it is now, August twenty first, baby. Reading glasses, summer readathon. We are very, very excited.
1: Yeah. And a uh, quick bookmarks for me. Um, uh, my movie. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, my movie goes to Epics tomorrow. Torn Hearts. Check that out. If you have Epics, and also if you're at Comic Con this weekend. I will be doing some panels, uh, one at 5.30 and one at 6 o'clock on Saturday evening. Just check my Instagram and you can find out the when and where of it all. But I would love to see y'all there. Come and introduce yourself if you're a Glasser and you're at Comic-Con. And uh, yeah, it'd be be fun to meet some of y'all. So before we talk about reading retellings, we're going to take a quick break.
0: Reading glasses is sponsored in part this week by BetterHelp. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? Mm. How we care for our minds affects how we experience life, so it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. Bria, can you imagine how much chocolate would be in your
1: car if you had the same car the entire t of your life? Oh wow, there's chocolate in my car right now, just melting away out there, <laughs> out there in the heat. And the thing is about my car is that you know I gotta, I gotta, you gotta take it in. You got to get those tires rotated. You got to get the seats cleaned from where you spilled the chocolate in there. You have to <laughs> uh you have to just get it cleaned and you need to clean that car all the time. You can't just let it build up over time. That is too that's you know what happens with that. You can't get the gunk off. You got to get it cleaned up over time. Now, why are we talking about cars?
0: And why are we talking about Chocolate is because taking care of your car is just as important as taking care of your brain. You got to get the melted chocolate out of your brain. Therapy is a huge help with that. And A huge help with therapy is signing up for BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It can be much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is like overnight shipping for your mental health. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. Bria, what do you think about therapy?
1: I think therapy is great. And look... You may be thinking, I've always wanted to start therapy, but I've never really had a reason to. Hey, guess what? You have a reason to. You, like everyone else in the world, experienced a pandemic. You experienced major life changes. It's sometimes you just need to go and talk to someone about this. And look, there are a lot of people you can talk to in your life, I'm sure, but they're not a trained professional. Like, they do not. It's not their job to listen to you. This is someone who actually can give you real advice, who has gone to school for this shit, and it will help you out in the way that you need to be helped. So if you're thinking about trying therapy, we really would encourage you to do that. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com dot com slash glasses. That's betterhelp.com dot com slash glasses.
0: Get that melted chocolate out of your brain. Sign up for therapy. Things are pretty rough right now. They've been pretty fr- rough for a few years. <laughs> and if you need some help with stress or any sort of mental health issue, now is the time. Don't wait. Go to betterhelp.com slash glasses. That's better H-E-L-P, dot com slash glasses. That's glasses. That. In the briefest time, I feel like we got to know each other. Bro, I appreciate you so much for that. Do you read minds or what? It's really a very sacred space you've created here. (laughs) Bullseye! You've hit the bullseye, baby! Bullseye! Interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. From MaximumFun.org and NPR. This week, we're ticking off another box on the 2022 Reading Glasses Challenge. Read a retelling. But we know glassers love rules, and we're going to talk about today what counts as a retelling. Also, we're going to talk about why they're so popular and where do you start with them. Yeah. Now, first off, just to say, we have done an episode in the past that we'll link to in the show notes about why we personally like retellings and some retellings we recommend. This episode, we're talking more about why people love them so much and where to start with them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, I will let you all know, I did go try to look up where the first retelling, what it was, and this was really actually hard to track down, and I did not. That is an interesting, interesting thought. Yeah, it was, it was, someone has done this work. If you know, let me know. There's some person who studies these out there who can, and let me know, but it was not easy to find. But we put this on the 2022, 2022 challenge because retellings are so popular with the glassers, and we mm-hmm. wanted to challenge ourselves because we actually don't read that many. Um, but we get questions. People always want them when we when we get. Yeah, uh, people Mallory are cla- and I. the public is clamoring. Clam- for They retelling. really, really are, and because they're so buzzy, they've really exploded as a category in the past five years. Um, there's there's a fun type of book if you've n- ever never read one. Um, but yeah, so Mallory and I thought it'd be a good challenge for ourselves. But also, it was a way mm-hmm. the Glassers could challenge themselves. Y'all selves. Y'all's selves. That's a word. Y'all selves is and, uh, incredible. And, and also relate to the the Glasser community because so many of y'all love these. Yes.
0: So first off, let's figure out what counts as a retelling. We, again, Glasser's love rules. I love rules. Um... Uh, so it's basically, it's any different version of a story that already exists. And that could be an ancient tale, like Beowulf that is thousands of years old, or it could be something modern, like Great Gatsby. It's really any existing story counts, whether it's a novel a myth, a fairy tale, etc. They're all retellings. Uh, and the cool thing is there's a lot of variety to retellings besides, you know, the um, how old they are. Um, they can be very similar to the original story. They can be set in a new location. There's a great comic book by uh, Matt Fraction and Christian Ward, I think, uh, called Odyssey, like, Just Mm -hmm. the letter C, which that's just Odyssey, but it's in space. (laughs) Uh, They can be gender swapped. They can be age swapped with the age of the characters, um, making them either adult or YA where they weren't before. It's basically anything you can think of changes wise. And if you're wondering if something counts as a retelling, as long as it's a book that is a retelling of any previously existing story, it counts. Mm -hmm. Now that we know what they are, Bria, why do people... Love retelling so fucking much.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I've been thinking about this. I think it's in part because it's something people recognize and they either, like, something they recognize and either they enjoyed it a lot or maybe they didn't even enjoy it and they want a new take on it. Basically, it's kind of like a cover song. You know, like, you may not this is know... a great analogy. You may not know the band, but you like that song. And it's going to open a door for you to go look into that band probably, but you're going to recognize the song. You have memories about the song, whether good or bad. And because you have that like jumping off place, it's easier for you to dive in. So it's kind of the same, but it's like a new take on a story you already know. And a lot of these retellings that we're talking about are kind of so pervasive that even if we didn't study them, we are aware of them, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I don't, there's a lot of things I didn't study that well. Um, like I don't know that much about, I I mean I've read Shakespeare, but it's been since high school. And I was thinking about there's a play called Sleep No More in New York. Have you been to that, Mallory? This play? No. Like I,
0: everyone play. wants me to go to Sleep No More, but it's like I, I don't like people touching me that I don't know.
1: I don't no I don't think they'll touch you. I I maybe they will, but I they didn't touch me. Um it's more of like it's not like a it's not like a haunted house where they grab you. It's like you go and you watch it's immersive, so people are like really yeah, close to no, you. I you know? know? And it's like a retelling of Hamlet and another one but basically just knowing that it was like oh this is kind of like hamlet y'all are gonna be mad at me because i think there's another one it's more based on but um it made me think oh maybe i can follow this play if i go in and it just or maybe it's like, Macbeth. oh it is Macbeth. you're right it's Macbeth. it's Macbeth. that's right um and it made me think like oh maybe i can like follow the story it's just like it gave me an in to this play and i think it makes just the experience in general because your your brain is kind of putting together those little synapses are connecting. It's like, oh, I remember this character. Oh, I remember this sword. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember these boots or whatever is I rem- important. I used to go to school with that sword. Yeah, yeah, we know each other way back when. But it will make you remember the things that you that you learned about these stories. Um, why Why do you think love people love retellings so much?
0: Oh well, I think this is, there's a reason the popularity of retellings has basically coincided with the rise of people wanting more diversity in books. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, I think there's something really appealing about reading a story that you already know that is, I, for lack of a better term, improved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the stories you love from your youth, but with all the problematic elements swapped out. You know, if you were a Greek mythology kid or like a ca- classic literature c- kid, and now you get to see those characters not only like fleshed out, but more reflective of the world as it is, it's really powerful stuff. It's really cool. And even if I, I could definitely see where, even if you didn't get into Greek mythology or even if you didn't know a lot of these things, you might be attracted to them because you're like, wow, I never wanted to read any of this stuff because it was all like, like written by white guys, or all the heroes were white guys. But now, like you know, someone has gender swapped them, mm-hmm. or someone has put more characters of color in there, or has someone has like people love a queer retelling mm-hmm. in, in the Glassers community. You know, it's really um, I, I, I can see the I can see the appeal.
1: Yeah, for sure, and you, you see yourself in there. I mean, that that's something yeah. that a lot of these stories lacked. I think when we were all reading them growing up.
0: Yeah, I mean. I, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I don't envy kids growing up nowadays, you know, five million reasons why <laughs> climate change being, being one of them. But, um, I, I do envy them in the way that it must be so cool to grow up with like a ton of YA yeah. that is way more diverse, way more reflective of the world, way more feminist, way more queer. I think I, there's a lot of, lot more stories that I would be interested in and get into if I could read that.
1: Yeah. For sure, for sure,
0: yeah. But where do we think is a good place to start? If you're like, okay, I'm sold on the retelling idea. I want to do the challenge, but I have no idea where to even begin.
1: Well, there's so many out there. So, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think go with with the one you like. I mean, if you like, like, I love Americana stuff. I love fables in general. But I am less familiar with Greek and Roman gods. And while I've loved that in, like, a retelling form as well, if it's your first time, you're just dipping your toe into a retelling because you're trying to do this challenge, I would think go with someone that you that you want to see a retelling of a story that you liked when you were younger, or or just you remember fondly. A lot of them are YA. And if you're not into that, just be aware and find one that's not YA because there are a lot that are not YA. And if you are looking for a cool new take on a story that's that at the time, it like we said, it felt very white, it felt very hetero, whatever. You can search for that specifically. Like you can search for, I wanna read Alice in Wonderland with a BIPOC lead. I want to read a queer retelling of um uh, of Cinderella. Like those things exist. And so if you just do a quick Google, you are going to find those things. So so figure out the thing that you feel like would be a way in for you because it would be something you would relate to, whether or not it's the story that you love or or the characters. What do you think people should start with?
0: I also think people can get go in there like backwards, you know, mm. the, obviously like the, it's, I think it's a great idea, to, you know, find like a story that you love and find retellings of it. You know, I'm a huge Beauty and the Beast fan. I will always check out a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Um, but if you like, if there's nothing that jumps out to you, you're like, I can't think of a single myth or fairy mm-hmm. tale or, or whatever it is that, that you know, I would want to see retold, just start backwards, you know, look for books that have your wheelhouse items or your mm. reading pathway. Yeah, you can start with something as easy as that, you know, you love character, you love circuses, you love um, the only ones I can think of. I'm like haunted houses. I'm like, no, no <laughs> this, is just your, this is just your wheelhouse. Um, but you know, look, look for <laughs> talking bears, perhaps yeah. uh, just look for things that you love. There's so many retellings out there that you'll be able to find one that has elements that you already love, whether or not you care about the story that it's being retold because a re, if a retelling is a it's a good book and you know it's told well you don't need to know anything about the original right. story there have been some um some stories including the one I'm about to talk about some books where I don't find out that they're retelling's until afterwards and I was like oh that was a retelling oh wow I really you know I I wasn't familiar with the original story uh in this particular case I was but um you know a good book is always just a good book
1: yeah and I mean and and what's great about a retelling is you can learn through them. Like I know we both read Cersei. Yeah. We loved Cersei. I didn't really know that much about Cersei before that. And I feel like in, same, same. I, after that, I had this huge interest in Cersei because I was like, wow, I just learned so much about not only this, but all of, you know, the gods and the other people who did her wrong. And like, I'm interested in that whole story now. Like I feel very invested in Cersei's life outside of just even that book or that retelling. So um, you can definitely find them even about things that you you don't even know anything about. Yeah. Uh, so what did you read for this part of the challenge? You know, it's interesting. All of this that we've just said is true. I read a book that is classified as a retelling when you read the description. But it is, so it is a retelling of The Three Musketeers, but it's from the point of view of one of the Musketeers' daughters basically
0: this totally counts because it's the same story it's the same story just from a way different angle
1: yeah yeah and it's um she is the daughter of one of them and she has a chronic illness and she basically finds out about the musketeers and she finds out about uh uh solving fights with swords and other things um it's called All For One uh, One For All by Lily Lanoff. And I really enjoyed it. It was YA. Um, it uh I think it would check a lot of boxes for people because it's very feminist. It has queer elements to it. Um it was just really interesting. If you like a a lady fighting back against the system one, um I could definitely recommend this book. I recommended it a lot during um the Reading Glasses fun drive. What what about you? What are you gonna read for the challenge?
0: Oh, I feel like normally when we do these episodes, we, I'm talking about stuff I'm going to do. And this time, I've already done it. Yes. I've got it checked off. last July. Um, you know. I read a book that I've been saving for a while. It's Mr. Fox by Helen Oyeyemi. Um, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a huge... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably an a understatement is to say that I'm a huge fan of Oye, Helen Oyeyemi. Uh, and I've been slowly working through her backlist. Um, and this was one... I think this was was her first real big book I think it's her third or fourth book but it was her first one to like really hit big. Um and it's a Bluebeard retelling. Oh, and cool. I didn't even really realize that until afterwards when I was looking I was like, "Oh, I want to read read some read some essays about this book and I didn't fully realize that it was a Bluebeard retelling. Um it's a genius book. Um it's about this male author and he's in love with his imaginary muse. Uh only she comes to life. Um and she tries to get him to stop killing off the heroines in his books. Um, And there's also his wife who wants to get rid of his muse. So he's in kind of this weird, we're going to start calling it a love arrow. It's no longer a love triangle. Sure, because the triangle is confusing,
1: you know, because there's no direct line across from the other two.
0: Yes, he's in a, a love arrow with this imaginary woman who has come to life that only he can see and his actual real-life flesh-and-blood wife. I uh, so hate, hate when this happens. hate when this happens to me. Classic blunder, um, <laughs> bringing your muse to life. Uh, it's just such a beautiful book, and if language is your reading pathway and you aren't reading Helen no, Yemi, yeah, yeah, like, run, do not walk to the bookstore right now. But it was um, it's a really cool Bluebeard retelling. There's a lot of elements of, like, the wife looking at things that she's not supposed to and disasters happening because of that and um, uh, a lot of exploration of, you know, male power mm. and, and stuff like that. It's just a beautiful book and it was so fun and I was like, oh, boom, I have checked off this part there of you the go. Reading Glasses Challenge. Yep. Um, so uh, we would love to know what you are reading for this part of the challenge and your thoughts on retelling. Send them all to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. Before we talk about some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part today by our friends over at Nightfire, publisher of What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher, a Reading Glasses favorite author. And this new book is just as good as we had hoped and perfect for this episode because it's a retelling of The
1: Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe. Bria, tell us about this novella. Wow. It has, let me just name the things that the Glasses are going to love. It has fungal growths, possessed wildlife, a dark Pulsing lake, you know you like your legs pulsing. You like them. <laughs> you like them moving, and all the sw- squishy, cozy energy you could want from Kingfisher, who's always doing amazing things. We have many a time recommended books by Kingfisher, and I, this one is no different.
0: And if you get the hardcover edition, it's wicked gorgeous. It has a gold foil stamp on the casing and custom endpapers that were illustrated by the author. So if you are oh. a person who loves a beautiful physical book, this is the one to get. It's a perfect summer book. I loved this so much. I read it a, a, a while ago when we got an advanced review copy of it. Uh, it is short. It is gender swap, queer retelling of Fall of the House of Usher. Wow. It is easy to read you could read it in a day or two just a perfect spooky uh they were they're describing it as squishy and cozy mm-hmm. uh summer read it we just love it and we all know how buzzy mushroom books are yeah. right now yes get yes. in on the I, I can't think of a spore related pun Ooh. right now um you sure nope.
1: sh- shroom aren't gonna want to miss this i don't <laughs> i got nothing i got nothing uh, mushrooms are very buzzy right now
0: in the horror world. Get in on this. It's just, it's such, it's so brilliant. It's so fun. Perfect, spooky summer read. That is What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. And it's on sale right now wherever books are sold. Glasses. 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 <laughs>
1: I'm a psychic. My name is Psychic Carrie. I'm yes. Ross. Oh, what a pleasure to meet you. Of course, I knew your name was Ross, as I am a psychic. But please, take a yeah. seat.
0: Well, I was hoping, we, hoping could we could talk about my podcast. podcast.
1: Yes, I know.
0: It's called Ono No, oh, Ross and na, na, Carrie. Na, na. Yes. We investigate from uh-huh. science, spirituality, na, na, na. and claims na, na, of the na, paranormal. paranormal. You, you took the words right out of my mouth.
1: Yes. This whole podcast, it sounds like it's been a real challenge for you lately.
0: Actually, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yes, exactly. Because it's so fun. Fun. I don't know how you do this it. This will
0: be $75. Okay, that seems fair.
1: Oh no, Ross and Carrie.
0: at MaximumFun.org. You knew it was a dot .org.
1: I have a gift.
0: Now let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. I keep saying I want to do a review of my little metal book cart, so we're finally doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory talks about I this book it. cart all the time. I've been mentioning this book cart a bunch, and people have and I've seen some people talk about their book carts in the reading glasses slack, and people have asked about the book cart. So here we go. We're talking about the book cart. It is what it is. It's a small, it's about a foot and a half wide by three feet tall. It's a metal rolling cart, it has three tiers wheels on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Mine in particular is seafoam green. It cost yeah. me about $30 at Target. Um, and before I review it, I'm, I'm very curious because I know you've expressed some interest in a cart. Bria, do you have anything like this? Where do you keep the books that you are going to read?
1: You know what I do have at my house, which is not this because it's much taller. Well, maybe it is about three feet high. I have a former, people who ever worked at libraries will know there's library book carts, which I think is yes. a little bit sm- uh, larger Yes. About a foot. Yeah, it's a little bit larger. Um, and I do have one of those at my house. I can't think of where it is right now. But I do have one of those that um I bought um because I remembered them from my uh, high school years when I worked at a public library, and um, and then I saw one at a flea market. It was kind of expensive, actually. I feel like it was like fifty or seventy bucks because it's like a legit. Because they're one. pretty, they're pretty hefty. They have they're really heavy duty, and um, and then I used it in a movie, and then I kept it after that. I think I painted it at some point, but um, yeah, that's all reason to do to make movies is so you can keep the cool stuff that you yeah, use. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I have no special book cart. Uh, I have a bookshelf that I keep that um, uh, uh, books that I'm going to read on. And then I have another little cart that I got recently that I keep in my kitchen that holds spices that I think is also kind of similar to this, but it's a little more narrow. So I have nothing quite like, because yours holds like one line or two lines of books. Two lines of books on each shelf. uh, Maybe it is about the size of the one from the library. I don't Oh, The library ones are like, I thought the library ones were like chest height. Uh, no, but they're probably a little taller than three feet. So I, anyway, tell me about yours. Yeah, this one's pretty small. So up until
0: pretty recently, I shelved all the books that I bought with all the rest of my books. So it was just like my TBR was just mixed in with everything else. Um, then we moved into this house and now our bookcases are all over the place. (laughs) There's some in my office, there's some in Jeremy's office, there's some in the living room, there's some in the entryway. Um, and that has, drastically changed our book shelving system Mm -hmm. uh so to keep track of all the new books that i buy and this year's releases and the arcs that we get i decided to give into bookstagram inspiration and Mm -hmm. um and uh the inspiration from people in the reading glasses slack and buy one of those cute fucking cards yeah um and honestly i fucking love it um five out of five pages for me because one i think it's the perfect size because you can fit two rows of books on each shelf uh, and that's three shelves so that's a pretty good amount of books i mm-hmm. like the because it's like it, it fits a lot of books but it's not like overwhelming you can see all the books from when, when you're looking at it so you're not missing any uh it's not super expensive again mine came from target about 30 dollars. it's wicked easy to put together um and move because it has wheels on it um, yeah that's nice. so if you want to like put it into a different room move it wherever you want um it's easy to do and it looks adorable like i'm like oh i feel so bookstagrammy with mm-hmm. my cute little cart um what i do is i keep my YA my middle grade TBR on the bottom shelf in the middle one is my adult book TBR and then on the top is all the 2022 releases and arcs mm. and it's been honestly it's just been so nice to have my my whole print TBR in one place it just makes it really fun to pick out a new book and sort of assess mm-hmm. what i've got um like sometimes the other day um actually a few weeks ago, I looked at my top shelf and I was like, wow, I don't, I only have like two more 2022 books that I bought. I should get some more. Time to (laughs) re-up those books. Clearly is what we all need is more books. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's just, I think I'm reading more 2022 releases because they're all on one shelf to look at and Mm. I can kind of see what I've got left. Especially if, if you're a person like us and you read, you review books, you have print arcs, uh, it's a great place to keep them so you can sort of be, see like, okay, well, what do I need to read? Um, when are these coming out? How soon do I need to read them? Just great for organizing your your like imminent uh, TBR. Um, I just highly recommend it all over the place. And if not for the fact that it helps you accurately assess your TBR, then just because it's wicked cute and convenient. Like this yeah. little baby's firing all cylinders. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I really, really like it. Um, I'll try to find a link. I don't know if it's still up at Target because I bought it. Uh, like six months ago or something. But I know they have them. Any place that sells like inexpensive furniture, you know, like Target or I mean, they might even have. I think Ikea has some. Any place like that will have them, have them in different colors. Um, I think they're really cute. Maybe we should put one on our wish list so you can get one, Bria, and test oh, it yeah. out. Yeah, I'll look, I'll look it up right now and add one to our wish list. That's a great idea. Get a kind of cute little co- different color. Um, if if people have these and, and like them or um, use them differently, have a different organizational system, I would love to know about it. Um, but I am getting a lot of use out of mine. I'm really happy I got it. And again, I, I said in a past episode, it's funny because I, I keep it next to our TV. So <laughs> sometimes when I, uh, I'm uh, not reading as much as I would like to uh, – my little cart is looking at me like, what are you doing? Why are you uh, watching more episodes of Letterkenny? Why are you not reading right now? Um, So Bria's going to put that on our wish list. And if you have your own book tech ideas that you want us to test out, send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com or you can check out our wish list. There's a link in the show notes. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. Time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Taylor writes in, this is such a classic reading glasses dilemma. I love it. Mm-hmm. If you start a book at the end of the year and finish it after the new year, does it count as the last book of the year that you read or the first? This is like a, like a riddle that someone would ask you at the, at like, before you can get over a troll bridge <laughs> or like to get into a labyrinth. If I one begins
1: it. in no, December 1st, but finishes <laughs> on December, I don't know, got nothing. Yeah. Um... When should you write it in your journal or book tracker?
0: I like to write down my start date to gauge how long it took me to finish. I tend to binge, so it's interesting for me to see which ones I took my time with versus the ones I couldn't put down. But I know that... Oh, I should have had you read this. But I know that y'all write your books in your respective journals once you're done. Bria, what is the answer to this to dilemma? This riddle? To this riddle? To, um, yeah, what is this answer to the book riddle?
1: If I were a book troll, which... <laughs> <laughs> I guess... If I was living under a bridge, living under a bridge of books, I'm reading books. If I was living under a library in order to get through the front doors, I would personally, personally, I would count it as the new year because there are books I've read for like six months. There are books I've read for a, a long time because, or like a nonfiction book, I'll read like a chapter of in the morning or something. And I would count them for when I finished them, not when I began them. So for me, that would be the new year because. It's not like I'd go back to, like, 2016, this book I've been reading since 2016, and be like, and now I'm going to go backwards in time because that feels so complicated for me. And I don't remember when I started those kinds of books. And if I'm going to just stick with one system, I got to do the end date. But it sounds like Taylor writes down the start time, which I never do, which sort of changes things. Uh, What are you going to say for Taylor?
0: I know Glasser's hate when we answer like this, but I really think you can do whatever the fuck you want on this. Of course, Um, For me... Personally, I would pro it would probably depend on which year I read more of it in. You know, like if you read like a few chapters on New Year's Eve, but you, like read most of it and finished it on New Year's Day, I'd probably count it for the New year. But, you know, if you read it all of December and then you had one chapter left that you
1: read on New Year's Day,
0: I would probably count it for the for the year before. you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I feel like I'm like looking at what I've done that year, like at the end of December, like maybe at like the maybe on the on New Year's Day. So it's just like it feels like that would be things that have already happened. It wouldn't be things that are happening in the future. So I I yes, of course. Taylor, do whatever whatever you want. It's your thing and you're obviously tracking it differently than Mallory and I both track. Mallory and I track by when we finish. But you track yes. by when you start and finish, right? Or See, that's the- why
0: I would I would pick which which year
1: you read more of it in. Okay. Okay. That seems that seems like a fair assessment. I'm fine with that. Um, if Taylor wants to do that, I will allow Taylor to cross the book bridge into Booklandia. <laughs> if one begins me, reading these on December three. 31st and one <laughs> ends reading by December, is it a man, a boy, or a child? <laughs> or What is that? Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> I, well, it's, uh yeah, the answer is always man, you know, a yes, baby. Yes. man and then old, old man in the evening with the cane Yes, um, three-legged, two-legged
1: crawling
0: oh yeah, what is four-legged yeah. in the morning two-legged during the day and then three-legged in the evening um,
1: Counted in January that's the answer <laughs> <laughs> god any, if any,
0: there are any artists out there please make some fan art of me and Bria as book trolls over on the book bridge because I really want to see this
1: <laughs> yeah, I think look I th- I think you're you're probably right. If Taylor is doing this where there's tracking their start and end day, then I think you do have to do which one it falls more into.
0: And if there's some sort of weird scenario where the book has an even number of page ca- each even number of pages and you read exactly the same <laughs> in each year, then I would I would count it for the new year. Like I, for me, it's always when I finish personally. But yeah. Taylor, Taylor, I think I think the book police would not care if you went either way, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Go with your gut on this one. But I personally would always do it when I finish it. Yeah. So if you want us to solve your reader problem or um, help you solve a riddle to get across a bridge, uh, you can send it to reading glasses <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. Although I, oh my God, I can't stop thinking about us getting an email that's like, hey, Mallory and Bria, urgent email sitting on the one side of a bridge right now. <laughs> there is a book troll here that's asking me a bookish riddle. Can you please help me solve it? Um, takes us a really long time to read emails. So I would not do that. Um but we will if you if you find yourself in that situation, we'll eventually get there. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, so much cool stuff on our reading glasses. Void merch store. Who doesn't want a book slut shirt? Although maybe now we should ask Jordan to make a book troll shirt. Yeah,
1: sure. Or maybe a book slutty troll. Wow. Book troll. We'll have to come up with a good riddle to put on the book troll shirt, though. That's the
0: problem. (laughs) Yeah, please send in all your bookish riddles. Uh, I would love to hear those. I love a riddle. I'm very good at solving riddles. Uh, But anyways, if you want to support us and get some cool-looking stuff, go to our Void March store. There's a link in the show notes for that. And if you want to leave a bookish riddle in a review on the podcast <laughs> listening app of your choice, we would be very appreciative of that. Uh, your five-star reviews and ratings are huge for the show. They help us out a ton. We appreciate them so, so much. Takes you only about a minute to do that in your mobile app, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or whatever other podcast listening app you have. Uh, please do that for us. It means the world. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for reading. Thanks for reading. Música